Neighborhood Watch is a podcast in which myself, Michael Giannis, watches through every episode of Sesame Street. The podcast releases every Thursday uh, without fail, and will continue to do so uh, until we have watched every episode. Today I'm joined by a guest, Emily. You may remember her. How are you doing, Emily? Hello. I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing super duper. Um, I've missed Sesame Street, to be honest. You know, I have actually have not watched it since my last um, podcast I did with you. So. Really? Because most of my guests, they tell me they, they marathon, they binge watch it. Are you, are you aware of this new thing, binge watching? I have heard of it because um, I am a Netflix user and I'm, hmm. I myself am guilty of binge watching, just not Sesame Street. All the kids are into it. It's, sweep, it's sweeping the nation. It's the new hot fad, the fashion trend. Binging. Today we watched an episode of Sesame Street, just to change it up a little bit. Uh, this, this episode was called Early Elmo. Um, it was I didn't get that name. Yeah, where? what was that from? That, and it wasn't like Elmo's Origins or anything. Actually, yeah, no. Origins Elmo. <laughs> um, what was it? It was episode 2506. Um, and it first aired December 18th, 1988, which is a good year for Sesame Street, in my opinion, because of some, the introduction of some, of one character in particular, who I'm very fond of that we'll find out. It's a twist on a classic character, which is really, <laughs> that again, that's another, there's, it's, you've got number one, you got binge watching, and number two, you've got, you've got new twists on classic characters, which that's is what we're all about. It's always fun. Always a good time. If you'd remember, the, the intros always start with some, like, footage of kids doing, like, kids stuff. Yeah. Um, this time we had kids crossing the street. Yep, there were some kids running around uh, on, like, hay bales and whatnot. I spe I've always liked these because they're not, like, they're not, like, actor kids. Like, there's not a director off screen which saying, go play around. Yeah, which is good because... Sometimes when kids are little, you can, like, tell that they're acting. Yeah. And you can tell when they're struggling to be natural because they're just kids. Yeah. Since it's just footage of kids playing, that's exactly what it looks like. It's a good it's a good tone setter, I think. Yeah. For, for the rest fun. of the show. Yeah. As any good uh, theme music does. Yes. Um, so the, the kind of running thing, one of the running scenes in this episode was... Uh, a sign language. We, f yes. we featured a, a deaf kid um, throughout the episode, and his his partner Bob is this. I don't remember if he was featured before, um, but he's an adult and he wears a light like peri periwinkle sweater. Not a fan of Bob. Bob's kind of bad. <laughs> bad Bob. Bad Bob's lame. Yeah, he just he was a worse actor than the kids that were acting, in my opinion. Like, he was the type of dude that would, like, if Elmo was talking, he'd go, Oh, gee, Elmo! And it was just like, ooh, you're trying too hard. Yeah, he had this, like, affect of, of being not... I, I mean, it's a, it's, it's like a, it's like a kind of overacting, I think, but it's yeah. a kind of, like, I don't belong here, <laughs> like, and you know it and I know it sort of weird thing. I am fully aware that I am out of place right now. Right. Which, which would, like, maybe works on, like, other children's episodes television shows. God knows there's plenty of bad children's television out there where that passes. But, but Sesame Street didn't have to fall that deep. 
Sesame Street special, it takes itself seriously when it needs to. And I feel like Bob doesn't bring that sort of, like, that Gordon authenticity to it. I feel like Bob's a mistake. <laughs> so morbid sounding, but yeah. There's a, there's a section of the Sesame Street vault that's, like, taped off. There's, like, a big piece of yellow tape, and it just says Bob was a mistake. <laughs> and there's and every if, episode that he was featured in. And if you interview the producers about it, they act like they have no idea who Bob was. Yeah, no, this was actually, this is the first, this is a new miniseries that we're running. This is called Sesame Street, The Lost Episodes. <laughs> Featuring Bob. What happened, to, what about Bob? That could be the name. Elmo, Elmo comes by, so Bob's talking in sign language to uh, the deaf kid, uh, TJ. And Elmo, Elmo wants to learn sign language. He wants to say hi to TJ. Which, like, the, the, the issue I have here is because the sign for hello, like, it's... It, it's waving. It's <laughs> everyone knows it. Elmo knew it. Bob knew it. The kids knew it. It, I, it is not a good introduction That's, to the concept. You say hello to people that aren't deaf that way. Like, yes. It's it's a universal hand signal. <laughs> it's like it's, start, it's like if you walked into Spanish class and like the first words they taught you were like taco and patio. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. If you could have gone a different route and had him ask like how to say TJ's name so that they could teach mm. how to do a T and a J. That would have been so much better. We went, we went with hello, which is simply waving. The thing, the only like, like concept I could see behind that is because as we discussed, Elmo doesn't exactly have like the, the points of articulation in the hand area to maybe execute on more elaborate signs, let's say. Maybe, but then, like, if we were going to demonstrate how to say something in sign language, maybe we shouldn't have had Elmo be the one to do it. That's maybe true. Like Gordon or something. We have plenty of, of handed characters that we could have. Yes. It could have just been a hand. Like, take the puppet hand off. Yeah. Take the Elmo hat off. That wouldn't have been that strange. No. I'm sure it's happened before. There's been 2,000 episodes. I'm sure, like, a disembodied hand has shown up as sort of a goof. I'm sure, I think we covered it, actually. I think there was an they episode. Did. It was the, they smashed the ping pong balls or something. You're right. Yoke or something. You're slipping, Sesame Street. You're slipping. Disappointing. Uh, after this, there was an animation of, a rather extended animation of uh, <laughs> the alphabet according to signs. Okay, but the thing about this animation was that, okay, there was like a primary voice that said the, the name of the letter. And then there was, like, several background voices in the background that would either repeat the letter or repeat the sound it makes. And it honestly sounded very satanic to me. Because, like, they'd be like, B, and everyone would be like, buh, 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 buh. It, it was really creepy. <laughs> there was something cult-like in the way, in the presentation of it, in the sort of, like, unnatural morphing of the hands into the letters. <laughs> And then the background was a little bit, like, psychedelic. I just felt like I was sort of on an acid trip, and I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> but the worst thing about it was they went through all 26 letters, and they didn't they didn't go fast. They, like, took their time, because the little hand animation had to morph into each letter and then each sign language symbol. And then they just took their time saying it, too. They were like, A. And then they all had to repeat it for a while. Then they moved on. That yeah. that was definitely a problem. Like I said before, pacing I think is a very important thing that Sesame Street either gets really right or they get really wrong. 
Yeah, and then even when we got to, like, F, you were like, do you think they're going to go through the whole alphabet? And then there we were three minutes later and yep. just finished. There was a tipping point where, like, cause I, think, I think the alphabet tipping point is C. Like, if you get past C in Sesame Street, it's 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 26 or nothing at that yeah. point. It's true. That's true. doesn't have to be, but... <laughs> very, very few Sesame Street animations featuring A through F, let's say. Um, after that, we took on to uh, Philharmonic. I appreciated this. This was good. This was a lot of fun. He was introduced... The, we should first say Philharmonic, best voice in a while of yes, a Muppet. Yes, yes. I that was the first thing I noticed because I was like, "That's a voice you have not heard yet." It's not like a gruff voice or a really high voice. It's, it was just funny. Because yeah. there's certain overlap between some of them up. It's you know, Guy Smiley sounds remarkably like Kermit, uh, um, and there's a lot of like Grover's just sort of uh, Elmo, but with a little like gruff on him. But this guy, this is the kind of voice that you come up with, you know, after two thousand or so episodes, and you're like, "What haven't I done yet?" And you're just you're talking to yourself over and over until you end up with something completely foreign. And then you and, get Philharmonic. And Philharmonic is the end result. I appreciated that name, too. Yep. Him him and Placido Flamingo, they're really nailing it with these uh, musical name puns. <laughs> so he was introducing us to the opera Peligro, which is Spanish for danger. Uh, it was a nice little opera, I it think. It was cute. It was very cute. And then, like, he destroyed everything. Yeah, he was going, which made it funny because it was the name. Like he was a dangerous opera performer. It was cute. I liked it. Sesame Street pays dividends when it invests in in like committing to a musical like act. And there's been a, there was a lot of this in this episode. Yeah. Like it was not like half-assed or like jokey. It was like no, we're gonna like actually write an opera for children. Yeah. And we're going to actually, like, kind of stick to operatic themes and sounds. Yeah. I like that. As a music major, I appreciated that. Yes, you're a, you're a music expert. That's why I brought you in, actually. Yes. Um, I try to bring in, you know, people, experts in their field, let's say. <laughs> okay, well, I've I've only done my freshman year, but I will accept that term. Oh, so you're so next year it's doctorate and then you're good? Then I'm, then I'm an expert. It's then. like music, like it's whatever, right? It's not, it's not that hard. It's a total luck. All right. Then we have um, F is Fun. This was the introduction introduction of F, our first letter sponsor of the day. I liked that it was a fairy. That was funny. Oh, right. This is the fairy one. It, was, it was kind of um, Disney-esque to me. I am a huge Disney fan, so I kind of see Disney and everything. But mm -hmm. just like how she was a cute little fairy, and it was just this cute, simple little thing. It reminded me of like if you were watching a Disney sing-along. Yes. Was the little short that would have been in there. I don't know. It just made me think of it. Disney short-esque is a, is a good way of describing this. Disney short-esque. Um, after that, we had... Oh, Tiny Turtles. This was so good. I love Tiny Turtles. Okay. Then, I, yeah. I remembered that the last time we I was on this, we um, had a little short where there was just turtles walking around, and it was really boring, and they just went, Turtle! Which, um, they did that this time, too. But it was a lot more entertaining to watch baby ones swim. That was cute. When was the last time? This is a, this is a question, just like for the audience in general. When was the last time you looked at a baby turtle? Because the answer is probably not recent enough. Because baby turtles are cute as all hell. I follow around. 
on Twitter, I follow, like, a baby animals account, <laughs> and they don't post anything of turtles, so you, I kind of forget to appreciate how cute baby turtles are, but that, that was very cute, and I was happy to see that. They're, they're the perfect size. Uh, after that, we had, um, oh, we had a Bert and Ernie sketch. Um, this was classic Bert and Ernie. Bert's reading on, like, a chair, which isn't quite a chair. They kind of, like, since it's, they gotta, like, puppetify it. It was yeah. basically like like the top half of a chair. It just looked like they sawed that off and like placed it on like a pedestal. <laughs> it gave a good effect. Dismembered a chair for yeah. Chair dismemberment is a solid theme for Sesame Street. Um, so Ernie comes in, and Ernie, classic Ernie. He's energetic. He's ready to get up, jumping around, moving around. He wants Bert to get up and exercise. But Bert's not not having that. He's reading right now. He wants to read for the rest of the afternoon. He'll exercise later. It's a reasonable response, I, say, I would say. I say you leave him be. That could... Ernie... Someday, Ernie's gonna learn that lesson. The, the leave him be lesson. Because as much as I appreciate the, like, hey, get up... Like, that's that's the character that we all sympathize with, right? The, the, the sort of, like... Maybe sympathize is the wrong word, but, like, we're meant to root for the one that, like gets the the grouch up off the chair yeah that's true and and that's the way it's framed often and i'm i understand i get it that that's a good lesson to teach but there's something to be said for time management let's say and bert that's true has scheduled out his day he's gonna go to the gym later he's gonna get on the treadmill probably listen to a podcast and run and then he's gonna get home he's gonna have a nice cup of tea and go to bed Ernie, freaking Ernie, Ernie tags him because Bert is now it. And once you're tag. it, you, you know there's no going back. You're either in or you're out. You're in or you're out, and you're it, and it's now. And you need to get up, and you need to play tag. You need to make a decision fast, basically. It's do or die. It is. It's a very it's serious thing. Go big or go home. I kind of have to wonder if Bert's ever going to get tired of it and just kind of, like, walk out, and then all of Ernie's, like, pleasant little teasing and trolling will have come mm -hmm. at a bigger cost. That's what I want to see in Season 2. Like, some big falling out? Yeah, up the drama. Yeah, I want a little bit more um, soap opera-type drama. I'm a big Guy Kermit shipper. <laughs> I haven't seen enough of Guy. I actually can't even think of who Guy is. Was he the game show host? Yeah, he's game show ghost. Oh, oh okay, okay. Game that, show ghost? That's a different thing. <laughs> that was the first time I saw him, so. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen an interaction with Kermit. After Bert and Ernie, we had uh, Gordon. It comes in on Gordon playing the flute, which is a new character development, which I liked. Gordon plays the flute now. <laughs> um, and Ernie, or not Ernie, Elmo is talking to Bob about what it would be like to be deaf, because TJ's is over like playing with the kids, playing basketball or something. And uh, Elmo's struggling with the concept. Uh, so Bob tells him to just imagine uh, what it would be like with no sound. So we get a bit of that. And it sort of... And it goes through with it, too, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, a, it was a good... This part was good. I like to think about um, the sketches and stuff from, like, a child's point of view since that's their primary audience target. Yeah. And so I liked it because it was, like, 
teaching kids from a young age that, like, a difference isn't really that big of a deal. Right. And it kind of gave them um, an insight into what he deals with, but it showed that he's still a normal kid and stuff. I thought mm-hmm. that was... It's, it's definitely a good starting point. That's gonna that's probably, like, a good, you know, go-to as far as a Sesame Street theme is the uh, everyone's different, but they're... A bad thing, yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. They the can... only the only issue I, I had with this sketch was, was like, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I could see... Uh, here's the thing. I, I understand the way they wrote it, uh, where, where Bob's... Or, I, I forget if it's Elmo or Bob. Which is a problem in itself. <laughs> if I can't remember if it was the childish puppet or the grown man. <laughs> that says something. That says something about... About, <laughs> about a lot of things. But but he says something about how how it's... So he says something about how TJ is the best one at like basketball or something. Which I, I felt was weird. Like, like sort of... He it's said okay. about he was best at kicking the ball. Yeah. And I was like, but they're playing basketball. <laughs> Why are you kicking it? That was an issue as well. You may be the best at it because no one else is doing right. it. I thought it was, yeah, I just thought, I thought it was bizarre that it was like, no, it's okay because he's the best at this other thing that he's doing right now. I thought it was a weird thing that's to notice. That's true, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Like, he's different, but that's okay because he's better than them at this thing. Yeah. Hmm, hidden themes there. Small, small trifle in a scene where really the highlight was Gordon playing the flute. Yeah, I agree. Which did not get enough um, camera time. It didn't. But, you know, maybe that's the thing that I like about it, is because it's the sort of, like, little slight development of Gordon. You know, sometimes... Just in passing. Right. The best best character development is when you just see a character in the background. He's like, oh, I didn't know you were into this. And he's like, yeah, what about... I'm a a real person. I do things. (laughs) I have hobbies. Gordon playing the flute makes a return, which we'll we'll talk about that. We have some things to say about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, after this, we had the introduction of our second letter sponsor. Little conflict between our letters today. F is going up against the the big uh, the big britches of Q. And a little scene about quiet or something. I actually uh, can't remember this one. Neither do I. I just wrote the word quiet. I remember there's a Q involved. It obviously wasn't that memorable. I The last one that I watched, I know the letter was N, and um, I thought every episode was sponsored by one letter, so I was really thrown off as to why they were doing Q, but that's all I can remember about it. Yeah. I can't remember if they've... You know, Sesame Street's expanding. they got to make room for more sponsors. And it's not like you... F and Q are in direct competition. Like, I, if, if it was like C and K... Like, that would be, like, a, a television show, like, advertising Coke and then Pepsi in, like, the next commercial break. Yeah, that's true. F and Q are on, like, opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, you're selling you're selling cars and then you're selling McDonald's. It's, it's all good. That's okay. Okay. I accept that. Um, after that, we had another good musical number. We had the, uh, the alarm clock, the bell song. That you are now going to make your ringtone. Yep, it was, it was great. It was nice and peppy, not too abrasive. I liked um, how um, his little friends in the background would, like, make little bell sounds. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. It was um, all about, the, like, different alarms and bells and phones and doorbells and stuff like that. Uh, the thing I noticed about this was the, the Muppets that they used for this one um, 
struck me as kind of generic looking, at least at their, like, base. Like, it was just kind of like a, like a, a round, like, face, like, flesh-colored thing. It just had, like, sunglasses and clothes and hair on, which made me wonder yeah. if, like, they have, like, multi-purpose Muppets back in a storeroom that they just, like, have like, changeable just... wigs. They just have them hanging from, like, coat hangers and stuff. They just... We need one of the generics for this shot. Yeah. The prop department gets, like, the script, and they're like, oh, we're doing... We're doing jazz this time. Who's got afros? (laughs) Sunglasses. (laughs) Who's got a little plastic saxophone? I liked the grandma. Grandma Muppet was good. Old Muppets in general, I found, are good. There was one in the Muppet Christmas special. The, like, Fozzie Bear's mother. It was... Prime, uh, prime Muppet design, I would say. Prime props. And the good thing about, like, old dude Muppets, too, is you can do, like, the big eyebrows, which yeah. is always a good it puppet goes. feature. Um, after that, we had, uh, shockingly, we had another Peligro animation. Which was weird, because it made it seem like it was going to be a recurring theme, or mm-hmm. that the opera was going to come back, or the flamingo, and none of that happened. Yeah, it was just like they had... Someone, like, some intern was, like, looking through files and was like, hey, you guys know we have another Peligro in here? And, like, the director's like, like, oh, sweet, stick it in. That's two minutes. Done. (laughs) I did like how, um, it was like the word was split in half and they were battling and, like, they just kept repeating it. But I liked how whenever Gro said, like, the Gro part of the word, it just went, (laughs) Gro. It was really short and abrupt. I liked that. I think that's a Pokemon, actually. After that, we had... Uh, oh, this was good. The ballet ballet dancer. This was funny because it was punny. Yes, yeah. She she took it was like the, there was like an announcer voice and you're like and now ballet person name is doing small steps and she would like do a little twinkle toes little thing whatever you and call that. Now this ballerina will take big steps. <laughs> it was like leaping around. Right, and then it took its classic Sesame Street turn. Uh, and and she, now the she's gonna do she's gonna eat a small lunch and she has a little yogurt tin and she's taking like little little nibbles of it and then she takes out and then it goes back and now a big lunch and she's got like a comically large yogurt like bucket and she looks like she's surprised she got caught yeah like, it was oh. cute I like anytime I see ballet I'm like man I should do ballet ballet is so cool to watch I need dancing to see professional ballet. I say you get right on that. You find yourself a studio and you get in. Do I need a tutu? No, just tell them Sesame Street brought you. I want a tutu. Oh, though. oh. I mean, I'm sure they'll give you one. Just insist. Okay. okay. Um, after that, we had... Okay, this is not good. The sh- uh, shadow of the dog in the bed. This was some Courage the Cowardly Dog type thing. I did not get it, did not like it. And not just not just by its inclusion of a dog that scares people, but just like the aesthetic quality of like this we- these weird people looking. I was always turned off by like those cartoons as a kid, the courages, your yes. your grim grims, whatever's. Anything that was just like any sort of creepy. Yeah. Even if it was just in animation, and this was kind of creepy. It was. It was kind of pointless, too. It was like this mean dog is, like, making shadow puppets on a wall, and it's scaring this kid. And he's fully aware of it, because every time the parents came back in, he, like, laid down and acted like he was asleep. Yeah. 
So he knew he was tormenting this child. Troubling motivations all around. Didn't get um, it. Then we had TJ and Elmo and Big Bird playing charades. Um, that was... That was alright. That was okay. Did we learn anything from this? Um, I don't believe... I don't think so. I don't think they even really used sign language at all. Yeah, I don't think so either. It was just like charades. It was like... I guess that's a game... You, I guess that's a game you could play with, like... If if the person's deaf. I guess. I don't know if that's even... Yeah, Lack we... of sound is not an adequate theme. <laughs> yeah, and there wasn't really a point to it, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It held Elmo, and I like Elmo, so... Um, there was the... Uh, the guy at the piano writing, like, notes on a piece of paper. You took issue with this as our... This is our music expert segment with Emily. Take it away, Emily. And this bothered me because he kept playing different notes on the piano, but when he wrote it on the staff, of on the piece of staff paper, he kept putting the note on the same line. But and they- this is it. For, for those of us that are not, um, uh, let's say, uh, educated at this very high technical level, can you please explain to us, Layman, uh, what the issue is okay. here? Okay, uh, well, if you've seen a staff before, it's just five. Uh, what's a staff? Oh, it's, okay, if you've seen music before on a piece of paper, it is those five lines that um, basically just... Now, that- hang on, there's way more than five notes, even I know that. That doesn't make sense. No, but there's five lines that each symbolize a different note, and they just kind of repeat as you go up the line. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. Hmm. Basically, in the most basic terms that I can think of... Um, when you put... Oh, look at that. We're out of time for Emily's Music Expert Corner. I'm sorry about that, Emily. Hopefully next time we'll get into this uh, very deep discussion. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had a peacock uh, with some decidedly spot-on peacock music. <laughs> it was very, like, polka-sounding. It, w- it was flamboyant. It was... Um... Uh, uh, rambunctious. That is a good word for it. I feel like a peacock is rambunctious. Yeah, I bet they. Yeah, I bet they they get some goofing off. Do you think Spotify has a rambunctious playlist? <laughs> I'm gonna try that later. Give me a. Every, everyone, try that right now. Turn this podcast off. Go over to Spotify. Find out if they have a rambunctious playlist. Tell me what's on there. Send us feedback. What? Send us. Send us your your music recommendations. Everyone loves those. Rambunctious recommendations. That's a new segment. I'm all about the segments today. Yeah. I liked that they did a peacock because that's not typically an animal kids are very familiar with. Yeah. And it's very interesting to look at. Yeah, I feel like that's like a very, like, whenever you you get a peacock, it's like an illustrated peacock. Like, I feel like the, the ratio of illustrations to actual photographs and video is not favorable because like peacocks are like one of the most visually interesting animals of the kingdom. I can honestly animals. say I have very rarely in my life seen an actual photograph or video of a peacock. It's a tragedy. So, it is. Kids shouldn't have to be subjected to that. This is where I'm announcing our new initiative Peacocks for Kids. Um if you donate to uh, our Kickstarter, um we're going to be sending off uh, as many pe- uh, peacocks as we can to local uh, elementary schools just to get them integrated into society and, you know, really just, just sort of bring bring things a little closer to, to nature, you know? 
And um, if you can't donate any cash, we will send a photograph of a peacock. So at least you're not looking at an illustration. You can see an actual real photograph taken of one. Yes, it's all about it's all about awareness for us. We're doing this for the good of the cause. Um, after this, we have uh, oh, singing in the shower. Oh yes, yes. The this. Uh. Okay, so multiple times now on Sesame Street, we have um, cut from either like an animal or a benign animation to someone, a human in the shower. This is, like, not the first time this has happened. That caught me off guard a little bit, because it was just this woman just standing there, and she was visible, like, you didn't see any body parts or anything, but yeah, you knew no. she was naked, yeah. and it was just like, whoa, whoa, what's yeah. happening here? And it was like, a, hey, this is not what I was here for. Yeah, and then we commented that if, like, I walked in on my child watching this, I'd be like, whoa, what are you watching? Why did you change the channel? And then it cut to um, Ernie in the shower, and I was like, oh. Right. It's not even like it's it's not like an objectionable image. It was a I was watching puppets just a second ago. Um anyway, we had this singing in the shower. This la this woman uh is singing and she's telling us about how she likes to sing in the shower and then we cut to Ernie in the bath. And then it keeps going. I thought it was going to end there cuz like Ernie's Ernie in bath, that's like a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh but then it went on to um Oscar. He's taking a mud bath, which that makes sense. And Big Bird is taking a bird bath, which is clever. It was a good song, too. Really exercising their vocal talents, I think. I liked the song. The song was cute. Yeah. Um, let's see, after that... Oh, we had the, the like, Bark in the Dark animation. Um, I'm always kind of fond of those, the ones that, like, sort of strip away the, the like... The, the places visuals but they're they're not like just abstract like the the hand morphing animations yeah they they have a place which was the only cool. thing that I didn't like about this was in the end when it showed the dog and the dog was just kind of strange looking yeah yeah it was a little little abrupt um oh after that we had the introduction of a running gag with these like horn animals they have like like trumpet horns for ears and when they oh, honk yes. their nose they play a note yes. But one of these little animal things, his his horn is just way out of tune. Keeps ruining their little Mary had a little lamb. Then we had the seven the seven alligator king. Uh... This was my favorite. Yeah. Yes, this was my favorite. This was so adorable. For some reason, it was oddly familiar to me, as if I'd seen that little sketch before. But maybe just the the alligators like animation looked familiar. But I thought it was adorable. The song was cute, and the little drawings were cute. The little drawings were so cute, cause like at the, it's a, it's a bunch of little baby alligators like bringing uh, their father like seven things to try and win the crown, and then the seventh one, like so all the gifts that they gave him like did not turn out well. Let's say he tried to eat some rubies. Several other events transpired, um, and the seventh one, he's like, oh, I'm gonna help you out. And he, like, pats him on the head. And he gives him his crown. He's, like, marching all around. It's really cute. And they kind of had a theme of, like, love is more valuable than money. Yeah. And wealth. Cute. Not to mention, um, it's adorable the crown didn't fit on his head. Yeah. It's cute. That's a good thing. Um, then we go back to Gordon. Um, apparently Gordon sucks on the flute now. Yeah, that was a uh, scene shift right there. 
Yeah, well, that was a harsh re- reality check for us because we thought Gordon was this virtuoso, but now he's having well, trouble playing Mary Had a Little Lamb. Um, Bob is walking by, and um, Oscar's enjoying the bad music because, I don't know, he's Oscar. He likes... This is a weird thing. Oscar, like, not only does he like, like, garbage and live in a garbage can, he seems to also just be, like, an opposite guy, which I, I found that distracting. Yeah. Like, he likes bad music. Who likes bad music? Why would you be turned on to the sound of a flute playing off-key? Why is that a pleasant thing for you? I, I prefer... Yeah, I don't know. I guess I prefer Oscar the Grouch just as a grouchy guy and not as, like, an... A weird opposite guy. He probably likes the sound of the recorder, too. Man. That's a god-awful sound. What an awful instrument. Does it even qualify as an instrument? It's a piece of plastic for children. It's a toy. It's terrible. I'm calling you out, recorder players. It makes a horrid sound, too. Um, Bob apparently is some sort of, like, musical master. Because um, he goes up and helps, he's like says like two words to Gordon. He's not in sudden, there ten seconds. Yeah, just like whispers some magic little secret in his ear, which does make me think that Bob is some sort of maybe there's a little more to Bob than we're led on to believe. And he's just really bad at covering it up. Yeah, he's like some sort of like magic man. I can from, see it. I can see it. That sweater is not of this plane, is what I'm saying. No, it can't. No, but then Gordon magically can play this song. Yeah, he casts some sort of spell on Gordon, and of course Oscar <laughs> hates it because it's good music. Um, and then we go go on to the were they they like birds? It was an animation of like a couple birds, I think, some sort of creatures, teaching us about what it means to sing around. And oh, I liked that. Because yeah, it was good. I love this, the rounds. This was not. This was. This was a complex, uh, composed composition. <laughs> yeah, this is not. Um, they were like, Uncle, we're gonna sing this song for you, and you sing it after us. Yeah. And I could not have sung that back, even on like the fifth try. Yeah. <laughs> this is not your mother's Frère Jaca. This is. <laughs> this is like Beethoven. Yeah. Um, but it was fun to listen to these like kids singing this like impressive song, and Dad's yeah. sitting there with like a banjo against a log. Um, <laughs> then we go on to maybe my favorite segment of the show, uh, the Triangle is Right, <laughs> which is a game show hosted by none other than Guy Smiley, uh, in which the answer to all the questions is a triangle. Um. The thing I like about this is it almost plays like like a satire of Sesame Street. Like, it's not the kind of thing I would expect in Sesame Street. It would be the kind of thing I would expect in, like, some, like, new age, like, like YouTube goof of yeah. Sesame Street. I was just going to say it was very satirical. Yeah. Yeah, because there's this character in there. I forget her name. It's like, do you remember her name? No. I want to say, like, Shannon or Sherry, but I don't. I, don't I think it was, like, Prairie... Something weird. Yeah, some, I'm gonna I'm gonna call her Shannon. It's a more regular name than what I thought it was. <laughs> Prairie. So so Shannon is is dumbstruck by everything. She's like, this is a dumb game show. This is 
every like why are you excited about this? Why is where's this crowd coming from? Who is this other contestant that is struggling so much? And I think a key thing to her character is her delivery of the lines was very was like bizarre. Like I'm surprised they let someone like read read for this character like this. Like it was a very sort of like like cleverly stilted way of talking. Yes. Um it was not something I would expect out of like a nineteen eighty eight children's television show. That's Maybe her sure. segment was more for the parents that were like bored out of their minds from the last couple. <laughs> I've got to think. But yeah, it it devolves into madness as one you one would expect. Um <laughs> a cow shows up at one point. It's great. Um it's good stuff. It's, it's good. A lot of fun. It was a quality sketch. <laughs> um then we move on to uh, what should we do with our burrow? Which was a song, some live action footage of some kids playing with a donkey, a burrow. Um, one of the notable things about this was uh, once I noticed that that it was like it was like alternating between singing a line in English and then singing a line in Spanish. And I don't know, something possessed me to turn on closed captioning just to like <laughs> I don't know practice my Spanish or something to like see if I could recognize it. Yeah. Um, when Spanish started to sing. Uh, we got the <laughs> illustrative captioning of, in brackets, singing in Spanish. <laughs> Apparently, they didn't bother to, like, actually insert the actual lyrics. It was Which, not relevant. It's frustrating, because, like, they sang, like, the English translation, like, moments before. Like, the purpose of this is ostensibly to, like, learn a couple, like, words in Spanish. But instead, we get... Yeah, he's familiar with it, but... Hope. I should have checked if there was, like, a Spanish option to, like, switch it over, and it would just say, like... I wonder if it just says speaking in English for, like, the, the well, runtime. I think it just says singing. <laughs> um, that, was, that was a lot of fun. That was the highlight of, of, of that. my time with that. Yeah. I didn't get much else out of that. Uh, then we return outside of Gordon's apartment once again, and I, I assume the continuation of the flute saga... Um, Oscar has invited Gordon and Bob, uh, to sing in his dance band? Does anyone listening know what a dance band is? And if so, please let us know. Please contact us. we don't know. What, what is a dance, we don't know if it's, like, a dance music band, if it's, like, a dance troupe. Um, it involves singing, apparently, like, acapella singing, at least in, in part. According to... Wikipedia, dance band can refer to one of several music genres. British dance band, big band, dance band, or Eurodance. Hmm. That's really all we've got here, though. That doesn't... I don't think he was doing any of those things. This didn't strike me as very Euro-techno-y. No. Or maybe it was Maybe it was missing the, the backing tracks, and it, it would get pretty remix funky. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I've got nothing here. I even went to Urban Dictionary, just in case. <laughs> well, if they don't know. If they don't know, then we don't know. <laughs> Everyone's last resort. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the thrust with this sketch was for... Um, Oscar's telling them that it's grouch music, so they need to sing it really bad. I didn't like the horrible singing, though. I was not a fan. Yeah. I don't think it was bad enough. I think that's actually what I didn't like about it, is it was more just screaming, 
Yeah. They weren't even, like, singing badly. They just raised their voices and screamed the words. Yeah. I think I think these guys... I think even Gordon, 2,000 episodes in, I think he still got a, got a little uncomfortable on stage being put on the spot like that. Yeah. I don't think he let loose enough. Sometimes when they have, like, adult actors on there, it just kind of bores me. Yeah. Yeah, especially when they're interacting with each other. Yeah. Yes, I prefer it to be either... A one-on-one with a puppet, or just a puppet sketch or an animation. Yeah. Um, after that, we moved on to... Um... Oh, okay, the beach. The beach. Um, oh, God. What was up with this? <laughs> this was the weirdest. We had, a, we had a couple weird animations in this one, but this was just irrelevant and pointless. It was like a Sesame Street animation was, like, breaking down. It was like, <laughs> there was this, like, weird landscape of a beach, and then, like, different things. Like, there would be a kite in the air, and it would just, like, appear. It would, like, flash on screen for, like, a couple seconds, then it would go away. And make a repetitive sound, too. Yeah, like, like it was, like, stuck or something. It was like, like, <laughs> things are breaking down here. And the worst thing about it was this little kid sitting on the, the, the beach... His head only rotated, like, four different ways. It was just the same animation of this kid looking wherever, like, the kite or the animal showed up. But it was the same picture of this kid every time. (laughs) It was troubling. I did not like it. And then his head did a full 360 at the end. Yeah. Stared right at the camera. With this creepy face. Wasn't a cute animation, either. Troubling. Um... After this, we had Super Grover. The very first episode was Super Grover. Mark it down. Put it in the record books. This is where Super Grover got his start, I can only assume, by our standards. Um, I love Super Grover. He's going to become... I know very little about modern Sesame Street. One thing I do know about modern Sesame Street is that Super Grover is still featured and is still incredible. Um, Good thing. <laughs> in this episode, Super Grover flies through the sky. Here's a call of distress, which, um, not maybe distress is the wrong word. Well, the thing that was funny to me is the announcer was like, "Grover, here's a call of distress," and then she went, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that was it." <laughs> That's not really what you think of a superhero responding to when it yeah. comes to distress, but. Hey, somebody's got to do it, so... Yeah. Well it wasn't be- so much a superhero, like, the kind of thing a superhero needs to help with. It was it was the kind of, oh, no, that you give, like, if, if like, you asked for no pickles on your burger and you got pickles anyway. You're like, <laughs> oh, no. That's exactly the kind of distress. But, hey, somebody has to respond to it. Yeah. So. And Super Grove is the perfect solution because he is practically ineffective at everything he does. Except for flying. He can fly can, which was undefined. Does not help when your task is effectively tech support. <laughs> which he wasn't good at that either. No. He was he was a placebo at best um, when his, his solutions included running around the room screaming and uh, bouncing up and down saying nonsense. Um, meanwhile, yeah. while he's, he's distracting the audience... Uh, the 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 woman there notices that she didn't turn it on, turn her keyboard on or something. Some good 1988 tech, by the way. Uh, I enjoyed yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> Some retro computing uh, um, artifacts. He was basically just very ineffective as tech. Support. Yeah. Also, in using doors. 
could not figure out if it was push yes. or pull on the door. But he threw through the window, so why didn't he just leap that way? Yeah, he has flight abilities. We've seen this. Like, at least, yeah, is Super Grover, Super Grover does Super Grover. And yeah, he just does his own thing, and we're good. okay. Uh, we had the Football F animation. Um uh, not memorable. Literally nothing to say about this. It was a football guy, and he had the letter F on his body. And he got tackled in the end, but that's yeah. about it. Um, the penultimate uh, bit was uh, Kermit sitting at like a pond, in a very pretty pond. Yes, this set was intricate. Yeah, it wasn't like an actual like pond. It was like a little like indoor soundstage puppet set. But like the the work that must have gone into this for like what I can only presume was, like, one scene that they've used, or at least, like, incredibly rarely. Um, it was it was really nice. Like, the water effects, even though it was, like, actually water, it was good. I want to talk about the butterflies. We need to yeah. talk about the butterflies. <laughs> By butterflies, we mean, like, pieces of paper attached to, like, poles bouncing up and down. That we're pretty sure they just had some, like, little intern do. Yeah, presumably handled by interns. Uh, for very little pay, yeah. just marching back and forth. That's that's how you... There's, like, Elmo is, like, at the top rung of puppeteering for Sesame Street. And then you go down, and you're, like, Big Bird is a guy in a suit. And you go a little down, and then you get, like, the multi-purpose Muppets. And then way down at the bottom is Butterfly on a Stick. And that, that's, your, <laughs> that's your summer internship um, for Sesame Street. That's the starting pay. Just... Yeah. You can only move up from there. But I'll, I will take a Kermit song any day, and this is no exception. His song about tadpoles was very nice, and always a good way to end an episode. This was almost the end of the episode. We, we go back to uh, to end it out. We go back to the Grouch music with Bob and Gordon and Oscar. And they're introducing the... What was the name of the, the band, Oscar and the Out of Tuners? Not very clever in my opinion. I can't remember. I just remember there was a worm on the drums. Yeah, in what I can only assume is a They Might Be Giants reference. I really liked the, the elephant with the trumpet sort of peeking out of a, of a trash can. It was just a trunk. Yeah, it was just a trunk holding like a horn of a, of a trumpet. Someone found like a pipe cleaner and they were like, hey, can we do anything with this? They're like, this will do. This will do. <laughs> it was probably the same as Butterfly. That, that's, do you think he's listed in the credits as Butterfly Guy <laughs> slash... D d elephant trunk. <laughs> elephant trunk. <laughs> check it, check his IMDb page. They closed us out with the Sesame Street theme in Grouch style, and that was it. That was episode two thousand five hundred and six. I liked the last one yeah. better than I did, but hey, you know they can't all be gems. Yeah, that's 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 gonna be that's gonna have to be our philosophy moving forward. Is like, you know. Find find the little the little good things in each episode, but we're in this for the long haul. Yeah, yeah. I'm prepared to marathon this. I hope you are, audience as well, and I hope you are Emily, because this is not the last time we're gonna need your musical expertise on this episode, or this series rather. I plan on um, having a bit of a longer segment next time. We'll see. We're you know we run a tight ship around here. Um, yes. Everything's really packed in. We have a lot of sponsors that we need to feature. And whatnot, but we'll we'll do our best. And before I go, I just I really want to remind people about the Peacock Initiative. Right. Yes. Please check us out. Kickstarter. We're on Indiegogo. 
Um, check out my Patreon. Um, it's really, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Please use the hashtag um, P4K2K15. P4K. Yeah, join the conversation. Um, yes, that is the fastest way to get this spread. So uh, this is going to be big. This is going to be huge, and you're 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 a key part of it, listener. So thanks for joining me, Emily. Thank you for having me again. It was an absolute delight, and thank you for joining me on this latest episode. The first in the first in in more. I promise. We're gonna. I'm gonna keep making more. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna stop this time. No more. No more breaks. I'm done. I'm good. Neighborhood Watch. That's it. See you later.